Welcome to That Smart Hustle, a podcast for women who are ready to step out of society's expectations, discover their sole purpose, and work their light. I'm your host, Kristen Martin, a full-time author and creative entrepreneur. My mission is to impact as many women as possible to go after the very things that set their souls on fire. If you're ready to stop playing small in a world that is desperate for you to play big, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the show. Oh my goodness. It feels so good to plug my microphone back in. Oh, I feel like I'm already getting emotional. Um, I took a month off from podcasting in November because I was participating in NaNoWriMo and I was vlogging that experience and just had a lot, oh, had a lot going on in November. And as much as I love podcasting, I just knew that trying to create that much content was going to lead to burnout. So I made the very difficult executive decision to take a break from podcasting for that whole month. But oh my goodness, like (laughs) I can tell you right now, I missed it so, so much. And I've had so many breakthroughs in the mornings when I'm journaling and this morning was no exception. And so I want to talk about something because anytime there's a, a shadow that's popping up for me, I like to come on here and talk about it because I think we're moving into a really interesting age in humanity with the age of Aquarius. I think a lot of things are being brought to the surface for us to deal with on an individual level, but also on a collective level. And so I had a shadow pop up. It's been popping up over the past couple of weeks, and I've noticed it, and I've observed it, and a couple of times I found myself wanting to react to it, you know, like feeling kind of angry or like, how dare they, (laughs) kind of a mindset um, or kind of reaction. And I always have to remind myself, like, observe it without judgment and respond instead of react. Like, how am I going to respond to this? And a lot of the time, my response, especially when it comes to my own shadows and things that kind of trigger me or reopen a wound that I have, (laughs) oftentimes, you know, I want to react. I really do. Oftentimes, I really want to react. But I'm learning that just sitting back and observing it and really just looking at it from all angles not just through my lens, like my bias, my perspective, but looking at it as a whole and pondering that in more like shades of gray instead of just black or white has been really, really helpful for me. So over the past couple of weeks, I've noticed a shadow theme popping up in my life about proving myself. And this opens up such a can of worms because if you've been here for a while, if you've listened to my podcast episodes for a while, if you've read any of my personal development books, you will know that self-worth has been a battle for me pretty much my entire life, like feeling worthy just because I am, feeling deserving just because I am, and feeling those things without having to prove myself to myself or to anyone else. So I've had a lot of stuff pop up lately, right, about proving myself. 
like proving that I care, proving that I'm successful, proving that I'll honor my word, proving that I'm available and that I'm happy and that my life is great, proving that I deserve the attention that I'm getting, the money that I'm making, the the status that I have, proving that I am everything I claim to be, right? So that's a lot that I just just laid out there, but that is what has been thrown at me over the past couple of weeks. And I really had to take a step back and go, wow, there is a lot of proof here that is being asked of me. And because a lot of these things, there's maybe only been one or two things that have been an internal factor where it's, it's a thought I've been thinking, but everything else has been external. All of this like seeking proof or people needing proof from me has come from the external, which is is crazy because I thought this was something that I had really addressed. But again, things will keep popping up and maybe in different ways or it'll be a different pattern until you finally recognize and acknowledge the pattern and decide to finally break it. And this morning when I was journaling, I feel like I finally was able to look at this pattern and dismantle it and actually dismantle what proof actually is. So buckle up my friends because we are going we are going on a ride here and this is going to take you probably pretty far into the depths of your mind because it it definitely did for me and I hope it does for you. I hope you start to question what proof actually is and what proof actually means because it's not what you think it is. So first of all, And I want to say, you know, excuse my language, but um, (laughs) I'm not going to say that because I want this to come across in the way that it is meant to come across. You do not have to fucking prove anything. I do not have to fucking prove anything. Proof is for other people. Proof is for other people. It ties into this weird superiority complex, this weird competition complex that we as human beings have where we seek proof of other individuals in order to make our own insecurities not seem so massive. It's almost like we have these insecurities, right? And when the spotlight is on us and is on these insecurities, it's really uncomfortable, really, really uncomfortable. And so what do we do? Instead of facing that, instead of looking at that and really trying to understand it, we move that spotlight onto someone else. And we're like, well, what flaws do they have? Can they actually prove this? Like, how are, how are they really doing what they say they're doing? Are they really making that much money? You know, do their courses and programs really work? Like, I need some proof, right? I need some proof that this person is a best-selling author when you know that that list changes every single fucking week, right? Okay, so <laughs> anyways, what's happening here is people are using others as a distraction mechanism so that they don't ever have to deal with their own shit. And the more that you look to other people to try to mask your inferiority and to try to feel superior, the more inferior you are going to feel. Because really, when you go looking for proof of another person, whether it's, you know, their success, their status, 
their business pedigree, their deservingness of, you know, what they have, like whether they worked hard enough for it or not. If you ever go looking for proof of another person's anything, you're really just seeking that in yourself because everything is a mirror, right? And I've talked a lot about this with shadows because I really, really do understand shadows now. And I really do understand shadow work is that if you can recognize a trait in someone else, the only reason that you can recognize that trait is because it exists inside of you. It exists within you. So if you see something in another person and you are judging them for it, the only reason you can even make that judgment is because you understand what that thing is, because you are that thing or you have the capability to be that thing. Because as humans, we can be anything on the emotional spectrum. We can be jealous. We can be vengeful. We can be angry. We can be joyful. We can be blissful. We can be disappointed, overwhelmed. Like any emotion along the vibrational, the human frequency vibrational spectrum, the emotional spectrum, you can be any one of those things. As a human, you have the capability to feel any of those feelings and to be anything along that spectrum. But it comes down to our choices, right? And what we choose to do and choose to feel and who we choose to be every single day. So another way to think about needing proof or trying to find proof of something in another person or in yourself is another term for that is discrediting. And it's actually kind of a form of manipulation when you think about it, because when you're trying to discredit someone else or yourself, you already have a biased perspective about that person or about yourself. Otherwise, you wouldn't go seeking to get the proof or to discredit the person, because ultimately, that's what you're trying to do with with proof. That's what proof is. It's like, I need proof of this because I don't believe you, which ultimately means you're trying to discredit them, which again ties into the superiority complex because you already feel inferior. And so by doing this, you think it's going to make you feel superior, right? So this really got me thinking about proof in my own life and why it's shown up so much because if people are needing proof, I looked at the types of things they were needing proof of from me or asking proof of from me, which I listed a lot of them earlier, earlier in this episode. But I asked myself, what exactly am I trying to prove? Like what areas of proof have shown up for me that other people are thankfully bringing to my attention so I can finally address this, right? So I've had money pop up, of course, proving that I am successful, proving that I can afford this lifestyle that I've created for myself. So I really looked at money and those two words, success and what is affordable. (laughs) And then I asked, is success objective or subjective? And I was like, success is subjective because it depends on the person and how they define it. And so the banks may define success in a completely different way than I define success, right? Same with affordable. What is, that's also subjective. What is affordable for me may not be affordable for my neighbor or, you know, some other person. So that's also subjective. So I dug into this even further and thought, is my worth 
subjective. And that's when it really hit me that I have been treating my self-worth as subjective because I have an opinion about that, right? But your self-worth is inherent because you are an extension of source energy itself. You have the divine running through every one of your veins and every breath you take. That power is not subjective, but how you wield it is. That's a choice. What you choose to think about it is subjective. That's all a choice. So I wanted to look at this from a different perspective and say, okay, where else have I felt the need to prove myself or what areas of proof have shown up for me? And I thought about my spirituality because that is something that has come up quite often to prove that I am humble, that I am honorable, that I am working for the light, right? And so I looked at those words as well, humble, honorable, working for the light or what the light actually is. And I'm like, dang, that's all subjective too. Someone's definition of humble may be completely different than mine. Someone's definition of what's honorable may be completely different from mine. Same with like what light and dark is. Someone may have a very, like I have a very different understanding and perspective of what light and dark, love and fear and shadows, like what that actually is, right? I have a different perspective because I'm an individual. I am a unique soul. And so my my life experiences and everything I've gone through are going to, I'm going to look through everything through a particular lens, a lens that no one else has, okay? <laughs> so when I think about things like, okay, fact versus fiction, right? The word fact. Fact, I feel like ties directly into the word proof. Because in order for something to be a fact, you need proof, that it is a fact. But the more I'm coming to understand this, I'm like, proof is not actually, proof is an illusion. So let's think about this real quick, right? Because someone could say, well, Kristen, it is a fact that your name is Kristen. And I could say, yeah, but is that really a fact? Is that really objective? Because while that may be my name on my birth certificate, that doesn't take into account my many nicknames that I have, you know, that family and friends have given me over the years. Maybe a different birth name that my mom considered before naming me Kristen, because yes, I was actually supposed to have a different name than Kristen. And also, getting real metaphysical here, what about past lifetimes? I mean, this is just a name that I was given for this existence, but what about my hundreds, thousands, millions of past lifetimes where I went by a different name or was a completely different gender entirely? Like, how can... Is my name is Kristen really a fact? No, it's not. And there's no proof of that either. The same goes like for your age. Right now, as I'm recording this, I am 32 years old using this calendar here in this existence, right? And during this lifetime right now at this moment in time, I am 32 years old. But that's going to change. That's going to change. And that's the biggest that's the biggest point I want to make when it comes to proof and facts is that proof is not actually real because as time goes on and the planet continues to expand, things change. Change is a constant. I mean, science is supposed to be the master of proof, right? But Pluto's no longer a planet. And that was a quote-unquote once-proven fact, right? 
I also think about just the human existence and our evolution. As archaeologists uncover more and more human remains, we're discovering Homo sapiens existed long before what was quote-unquote proven on the evolutionary timeline. And so now when I'm thinking about proof, I'm like, damn, proof is an illusion. So as a species, as a race, why are we trying to prove something if the proof doesn't actually exist in the first place because everything is subject to change? And why seek something that does not exist? Because anything you uncover is already marred by your bias and perspective and, again, is subject to change. So what it really comes down to with regard to proof and facts is that if someone is needing proof from you or you are seeking to prove, that is an extremely linear way of approaching life. And you, we, are not linear. We are multifaceted. So in a world where change is the only constant, proof is a moot point. I even went so far as to look at this in mathematics because I thought maybe there's one exception, right? Because mathematics has withstood the test of time and like one plus one equals two. You know, there are certain formulas and equations and like laws of the universe that are are governed by mathematics. So I was thinking about way back in school, it must have been in high school, when I would do proofs in math. Does anyone else remember proofs? Because (laughs) I hated these. I hated these so, so much. It was so interesting because even though I was shown the way in which to do this proof to arrive at the correct answer, I really struggled with this, right? But I always seemed to find another way to arrive at an answer. Like I would use the same methodology that I was taught. However, the numbers that I was using were different, and then I would arrive at a different answer. And so it may not have been the correct answer, but there was proof that like there was another way to, in my mind, for me to get to an answer, to use different numbers that maybe would have applied to a completely different problem and ha- you know, had been the correct answer. So that's mind-blowing to think about, right? Because there's proof right there, proof and proof, that there's more than one way to approach math. And I started thinking about this because I'm like, okay, I want to break this down to an even smaller level. And I was like, let's think about addition, right? And this might blow some people's minds when I say this. I was taught to memorize multiplication tables. So in my head, I just can immediately multiply without even think like without even thinking about it right it's just it's there it's something I memorized I was tested on it so many times that it's just there but when it comes to addition and subtraction what was difficult about the memorization piece for me was that once you started going up and adding numbers together like one plus two is three three plus one is four 4 plus 1 is 5. 5 plus 1 is 6. You just start counting up from 1. You're like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. So there was no like memorization there because I'm like, oh, I could just start at the beginning and figure this out. So for me, when when I get to the higher numbers, if it's a higher number, single digit, obviously, right? 
with a middle number, like your six, sevens, and eights, I do something really different. I think it's different. I don't know. I've never actually asked anyone this or shared this, but I do something different in my brain. So if you were to say, Kristen, what's nine plus six? Off the top of my head, I wouldn't be like 15, like, because that's not something I've memorized. But what I do is because I know what the the, the double of each number is, right? Like nine plus nine, eight plus eight, seven plus seven, because I know those and because those I have memorized. When someone would say, what's nine plus six? What I do is I add nine and nine together to get 18. And then I know that the difference between nine and six is three. And so subtracting three from 18 is really easy for me. And that brings me to the number 15. That is literally how I do addition in my mind. (laughs) Like, that is how I arrive at the numbers. And some people might listen to that and think, wow, that is such a workaround way of getting to the answer. And you could just do it like this. And I know that's my that's my point is that there are so many different ways to do math. There are different ways to arrive at something in your head to arrive at an answer. And so that just made me think when people say, There is only one right way to do this. There's only one way to get to this answer. I'm like, no, there's not. And like, you can't prove that because I am, I am living proof, right? That, that it it is different and that you can approach it in a different way. So really what proof and fact come down to is this understanding of truth, right? Like what is the truth? When you are seeking proof, you're wanting or hoping to uncover the truth of the matter. And you trust that facts are the truth because they've been proven. But the problem with that approach is not only because it's linear, it's a linear way to approach things, and you can't approach something linearly when the thing you're approaching is multifaceted. Like, the t- like it just it doesn't mix. The two, the two don't work. If something's linear and you're approaching it in a linear way, then you can probably find a linear answer. But if something is multifaceted, the the quote unquote proof is also going to be multifaceted, which means there's not just going to be one thing of proof. So in an ever-changing, ever-expanding world like the one that we live in, proof is an illusion, It is an illusion. It's something that we have made up in our minds to try to satisfy this weird superiority complex that we have to, again, try to prove our worthiness. And I believe our system and the way that we've grown up, the the way we've been taught things, our education system, and like hustling for worthiness, right? That's been a big theme throughout my life is just prove yourself, prove yourself, prove yourself, prove that you are worthy of this existence. When in reality, you already are. Like you don't have to do, you don't have to do anything. (laughs) You don't have to do anything to be worthy. You don't, because the thing is like the proof that you're looking for, like it is you, you are the proof And at the same time, that proof is an illusion because I'm not going to be the same person tomorrow that I am today because I'm constantly evolving and growing. It's just like if you think about someone who, you know, great example, say tomorrow you win the lottery and today 
you're like applying for a loan at the bank, right? And so the bank is like, well, I need proof of your income and your monthly statements. I need proof that you can actually afford this and that you are a worthy candidate. I don't know where this voice came from. (laughs) It sounds like how a bank would sound, right? To prove that you are a worthy candidate for this loan. And you're sitting there thinking, well, damn, like, I think I could, I could swing this. I think I could make this work. Like, I think I, I think I make enough. I think I can prove that I deserve this. And then the next day you win the lottery and you don't even need the loan. And that proof is completely irrelevant. Like that is, that's the point I'm trying to get to is that proof is an illusion. It's irrelevant in a world that is constantly evolving and changing. So to tie this back into the earlier section of this episode, You do not need to prove yourself to anyone, period, end of story. Because if that's what you're chasing after, you are going to find that you are never satisfied and you are always going to be chasing something that is inherent, which is your worthiness and your deservingness. You already have that. You don't need to prove You don't need to prove anything to anyone because that proof is subject to change. So what I tell you, right? I said buckle up because that one, that one was a doozy. I hope it did take you very, very far into the depths of your mind. And I hope that you take some time to kind of journal through your own areas of life where maybe you feel like you need to prove yourself to other people or to yourself or to really look at where Other people are needing proof from you because, again, that acts as a mirror. So sometimes with ourselves, like, we don't always realize what we're seeking proof of within ourselves because we have blinders on because it's us and it's it's happening every day. It's like a story that's been playing in the background of our lives all the time. So that's why other people, and that's what I realized, other people are bringing these things to me, like bringing this proof because it's proof within myself that I haven't acknowledged or recognized yet because it's it's been such a constant story in my head. It's so subconscious. It's so regular that I don't even know that it's there. Like I wouldn't even be able to recognize it if not for these people bringing this to me. And so then when you can flip it like that, suddenly when someone's saying like, prove to me that you're a best-selling author, prove to me that you are spiritual and humble and honorable, prove to me that you are a good, decent person, <laughs> like, then you know, then you know you're like, dang, there's a lot of stuff inside of me that I'm like, that's just a mirror, right? That's the stuff inside of me that I'm struggling with, that I feel like when I wake up in the morning, my actions and the things I do are revolving around that story, And so then, again, once you realize that, it just, like, your mind is just blown and nothing's ever the same because then you start to question every action that you do and you're like, why am I doing this? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing it because I feel like I need to prove this. I'm doing it because I feel like I need to prove that. And again, the point is you you don't have to prove anything because proof isn't actually real. So that's it for today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that I hope that it made sense, you know? <laughs> this is just this is where my mind goes when I'm journaling and when I'm when I'm thinking about things. But I hope it made sense. I hope it gave you something to chew on, something to think about. And again, to really um use the the people who are coming at you or you know, it feels like they're coming at you at first. And you want to react to it, but to instead choose to respond in a way that will help 
your evolution as an individual and your growth as a soul because ultimately that's really what we're here that's really what we're here to do and uncover so thank you for listening i appreciate you so so much and if you liked this episode as well as other episodes in this podcast i would love it so much if you would leave a rating or a review on itunes that helps me out so much and it helps other members potential members of our spiritual community to you know to find us to come join us and yeah, to just be a part of this awesome little corner of the internet. So thank you so much. I appreciate you more than you know, and I will chat with you in the next episode with love and light. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, please subscribe to make sure you don't miss anything. For more beyond this podcast, including information on my YouTube channel and webinars, visit me at thatsmarthustle.com. And for daily inspiration and writing advice, come hang out with me on Instagram at author Kristen Martin. I'll talk with you all again very soon. Cheers.